Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Father, bless us today as we come together to celebrate the name that is above every name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Father, I ask you to give us a special anointing. Anoint me to teach your word in a way that can change lives and anoint us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to do what your word says, that we can be more like Christ and prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. Father, I ask you to bless the baptismal today. Let this be a very supernatural time. Let every curse that has touched our lives in this world be broken And as every person comes out of that water, let them experience truly a supernatural born-again experience. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And Father, let let me throw in one other thing. We pray for, for all of our brothers and sisters in Israel. As this tragedy hit there on Thursday, Father, I I ask, we all ask that you release on all of the family of God in Israel a peace that is beyond anything they can understand because only you understand what happened and why. But Father, we rest in you are almighty God. And all God's people shouted, do me something, either air, air five or really do it. Turn and give somebody a high five and tell them it's good to see them in the house of God. Amen. Air, air, air high five, real high five, knuckle up. Get rid of this separation thing. How many love the Lord? Shout amen. I want to ask you to open your Bibles up this morning once again to the book of Leviticus chapter 23. Now, obviously, and I'm going to read the scripture, obviously we are in a time that in Hebrew is called the counting of the Omer. Now, the counting of the Omer is from the time of the resurrection of Jesus till Pentecost. This is why the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Pentecost comes from the number 50. It's the time of the resurrection of Jesus to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But this happened, this celebration happened long before the birth of the church. When Israel was removed, released from the slavery of Egypt till the time that that God gave Moses and the world the Bible... It was 50 days. In Hebrew, it's called Shavuot. And so this period between resurrection and the birth of the church, deliverance from Egypt, and the birth of Judaism, it's the exact same day, and it's 50 days. 50 is the time of Jubilee. Now, the question is, Why did God wait? And I know you've heard me say this, but for those who are new, why did God wait from the time they left Egypt 50 days to give the Bible? Why did God wait from the time of resurrection 50 days 
to give the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. We, we started this a few weeks ago, and then we had to take two weeks of break. But I love the way ancient Jewish wisdom says it. These 50 days are a shining of our soul. That God gives us these 50 days, a journey to prepare us for the greatest outpouring of the blessing and the power of Almighty God. Read with me in Leviticus chapter 23, starting with verse 9. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, which, are, which is us also now, and say to them, When you come into the land which I have give, excuse me, given to you, and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheath of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And he shall wave the sheath before the Lord, to be accepted on your behalf, and on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day, when you wave the sheath, a male lamb of the firstborn, without blemish, a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, this male lamb obviously is Passover, and this male lamb is Jesus hanging on the cross. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah, a fine flour, flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord. For a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. And you shall eat neither bread, nor parched grain, nor fresh grain, until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. And it shall be a statue, or a teaching, or a commandment forever, throughout all your generations, in all your dwellings. And you shall count for yourselves... From the day after that Sabbath, from the day that you've brought the sheath of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and you shall offer a new grain offering unto the Lord. And you shall bring from your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah, and they shall be of fine flour, and they shall be baked with leaven. These are, they are the first fruits of the Lord. All right, now let me explain. Let me take a few moments to explain what's going on here. From the time that Israel came out of Egypt, the name Egypt means limitations. It means boundaries. It means slavery. Now take that to the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says before Jesus, we weren't slaves to Egypt, but we were slaves to this world. When we receive Jesus and become the sons of God, the children of God, we have no limits, no boundaries. Everything that was promised to Abraham is now also promised to us. And so we have a, it's not just about getting to heaven. It's about the potential of having a life more abundant on earth than we can ever imagine. Amen. So here's the question. Why didn't God, the moment Israel walked out of Egypt or the moment that Jesus rose from the dead, 
Why didn't God give the Bible and give the Holy Spirit? Now, and I'm going to say this over and over again through the weeks. We had to go, they had to go, from a slave mentality to a child of God mentality. Now, I want you to think about this. Israel were slaves to the Egyptians. Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. But they were slaves to the Egyptians for 200 years. The Egyptians told them what they could do, what they couldn't do. They had no control over their lives, their children, their families, what they ate, how they lived, who they married. Everything was controlled by this evil empire. That's the same thing with us. We who commit sin are slaves to sin. When I was a drug addict, I didn't want to be a drug addict, but I couldn't stop until I met Jesus Christ, until I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Nobody wants to be a drug addict. Nobody wants to be an alcoholic. Nobody wants to have an anger problem. Nobody wants to be depressed. Nobody wants to be negative. Nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to be angry. Nobody wants to be this way. But Satan, who's the God of this world, has us bound up. But when we receive Jesus Christ, we are free. But the Freedom doesn't stop there. We're on a journey to becoming the sons of the living God. It's an amazing thing when we think about it. The Bible says that our, let me say, ancient Jewish wisdom says that these seven weeks are a preparation for God coming in our lives that we can't even imagine. I don't know if we have the latter, but I want you to realize what the scripture says. It says, count for yourselves. Now, ancient Jewish wisdom says, how many know what happens every 50 years? Every 50 years is a jubilee year. And every 50 years, according to God's word, God comes in and cancels debt, sets the captive free, brings ownership back that was lost. Everything that you had lost, God brings it back. And ancient Jewish wisdom says that we may not be counting the years, but all of a sudden, somebody comes up to us and says, Jubilee's here. You can claim back. Let's say, let's say your family lost everything or you lost everything. You can claim back supernaturally When somebody declares to you, it's a jubilee, you can claim that all back. Somebody can be counting that, and all of a sudden, we get up and say, it's a jubilee year. And you go, man, and you claim that. But when it's talking about the 50 days leading up to Shavuot, leading up to Pentecost, the Bible says nobody can count this for you. You have to count this for yourself. It's a shining of your soul so that you can be as Christ-like as possible when the day of Pentecost comes and God opens up for us the windows of heaven. Now, in this counting, and I don't want to get too detailed, in every one of us, there are two beings. There is the animal in us, And there is the divine in us. How many know you have animal in you? 
Not like, you're not like a dog. I know people say, hey, hey dog. That's not what it means. It means we have a divine nature which cares about God and cares about each other. But we have an animal nature in us that cares about self. Now, we need that animal nature in us, right? We need that animal nature to care about yourself. That's why you get up and work. That's why you have a job. That's why you do the things that you do. That's why uh, we can't allow them to take our guns. Thank you. Thank you. Because we're to take care of ourselves, right? And that's a good thing. But during the time of the counting of the Omer, Omer, we're to develop, we're to shine our soul. I love the way they say it. Shine our soul so that the divine nature overrides the animal nature. That we're not so much concerned about self. We're not so much concerned about taking care of me. You know, uh, how many remember the days in which when you did a business deal, you shook hands on it? Nowadays, you have to have lawyers and accountants and and attorney. You have to have everything because no longer can you take someone's word for it. You know, if if I say we're going to do this, all we need to do is shake hands and it's going to be done. That's the divine nature. The animal nature goes, oh, wait, maybe if I cheat somebody, I'll get a little bit more for me. So, oh, don't look at me like. So during this time, it is the time to shine our soul because at the end of these 50 days, God's going to open up over me, over you. Oh, Dean, there, I read your, I read your story today. God's going to open up over every one of us in, in just about two and a half weeks. The window of heaven is going to open up. And depending on how much we climb that ladder and shine our soul will depend on how big of an anointing and a blessing is poured out on us for the whole next year in two weeks. So let's look at, and I just want to review this very, very briefly. Let's look at what God teaches us is the first step on this journey. Ancient Jewish wisdom says you can't even begin this journey unless you have joy. Now, I I taught about this the other day, a couple weeks ago, but I, I want to hit on it again to get us going in the right direction. Here we have this ladder, and it has... 49 steps in it, 49 steps of climbing. And then on the 50th day, God opens the window of heaven and pours on us such a blessing. But the teaching is you can't even begin this ladder until you can't even take step one until you have joy. Now, I want you to think about the Israelites coming out of Egypt when they've seen the cruelty of the world. God says, I want you to understand this. You're going to be a strong people. You're going to be a mighty people. And understand how it begins. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Now, I want you to think about those words. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The word joy there, I think in Hebrew, there's nine words for joy. But the main word for joy in Hebrew is simcha. And that means the celebration of life. And I'm not going to hit on this long. I just want to hit this. But you need to understand, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You look at everything God made. Look at creation. And, you know, the, the reason I want to hit on this, and I'm, and I'm not saying this to be mean to somebody, but I heard a pastor on the radio the other day say, I'm not into the prosperity message. Now, I know this pastor, somebody gave this pastor, um, one gift gave this pastor around $100 million for his church. You know, if somebody gave me $100 million... I would still teach on prosperity. But for somebody, you know, the only way you can't be, God says, beloved, I would. I don't care what brother Sounding Brass and sister Tinkling Symbol says. God says, I would above all things that you prosper and be healthy Now, anybody that says, well, I'm not into the prosperity message has never been poor. I've been poor. I can remember growing. How many have ever been poor? You know, poverty is not a sign of godliness. Poverty is a sign of lack of money. That's all it is. you, You ever been where you go, mom, there's no ketchup left. And mom pours water, hot water. Yeah, here's some. I've been poor. I remember my mom the bought a new couch and put plastic on the. I mean, how many have ever sit on a plastic couch and it's got dimples? You 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 get up and your backside's got dimples all over. I've been poor. I'm the first huck to graduate from the university. You know, what my graduation present was a shirt. But when I found out that when I sow a seed to the kingdom of God and he is the Lord of the harvest and the Lord multiplies the seed and not only does he multiply the seed, but it's the father's good pleasure. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It changed my life. We've got to break that curse of thinking that suffering and knowing Christ are synonymous. Jesus, if all he did, and and I'm just going to say it, if all he did was die to get us to heaven, he could have died immediately anywhere along the journey. But he walked the Via Della Rosa. He shed his blood. How many times? Seven times. Why? To redeem us back to every promise in the Bible. And it is, uh, it, it is hard to have joy when you don't know if your rent's going to be paid. It's hard to have joy when you don't have a car to get to work. And I'm going to tell you something, and this is what I was taught in religion. Well, you're either a kingdom builder or you're a city dweller. 
Now, what that meant when I got saved was you're either building the kingdom of God or you're buying a house and you're driving a nice car. Listen to me. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. He owns the silver and the gold, and it is our Father's good pleasure. What makes him happy is to bless his children. Is that okay to say it? My God's not poor. It's not like, oh, you bought a nice car. People will burn in hell forever. My God has enough money for you to have a house and a nice car and a vacation place and still win the world. There's no lack of money. It just needs to get into the hands of God's children. It's a sin, ancient Jewish wisdom says, it is a sin for God to want to bless us and we reject that blessing. It's a, let me say it again. Oh no, all I want, all I want is a cabin up in the corner of heaven. Me too. Hunting cabin. It is a sin. It is a sin to reject the blessing of God. You know, I, I don't know if I use this illustration or not. I love my, my family to, my family to me is everything. My, my family to me is everything. And my grand sugars are extremely special. And my only so far granddaughter, Aviva, got into riding horses. Now I, I love horses. I, I love riding horses. I have some horses. And she got into riding horses. And, and I mean, she's into it. She, she shovels the poop. She cleans. I mean, she, without asking her. You know, she just, she's doing it. I was down there yesterday, mud and rain and feeding the horses and feeding the cows. And all of a sudden she comes trumping out. James was there. J- James and Reed, James was there. And she comes out in her mud boots. Saba, you need help? She, I mean, she's into it. So I, I went and found her a horse for Christmas. Now, it's not a fancy horse, not a, but it's a, it's a horse. And I had the horse for like two weeks before Christmas. So I had a call. Is she in a room? And I had to move the horse here and move there and do that. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I was, I was m- maybe more excited of giving it than she was. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because you know, you, does she need a horse? No, she didn't need a horse. But it was Saba's good pleasure. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm at. Do you understand what God is? See, we got to get rid of that mentality. We've got to get rid of that mentality that God is on a budget, that God's a hard taskmaster, that God just wants you to barely get by. He is not El get by. He is El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. And it, it too. I don't mean to keep going on this. The Bible says God gives you the desires of your heart. Right? Is that what it says? Can I tell you what that really, the way it really means? The Bible says, study to approve yourself worthy, rightly dividing the word of God. 
when the Bible said God gives you the desires of your heart, a lot of times we think, well, when I desire something, God will give it to me. And that's, that's a, a lesser part of the truth. But what it really, the way it really reads is, when you desire something in your heart, you're serving God, you love the Lord, you're living for God, when you begin to desire something in your heart, it's God who gave you that desire in your heart. Why is that important? Because let's say you're serving God. You're living for the Lord. You're, 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 you're building the kingdom of God. You're a faithful servant of Christ. And all of a sudden, you desire uh, a new house. You desire a new house. Well, you begin to pray, God, come on, Lord, bless me. Bless my wife. Bless my, my family for a new house. And the devil comes and says, that's selfish. That religious spirit comes in and says, that's selfish. That's just you. But then you understand, no, I'm serving the Lord. I'm winning people to Christ. I'm, I'm helping feed widows and orphans. It's God who gave me this desire. Now you're coming boldly. Instead of being double-minded, now you're coming boldly before the throne of God because it's God who gave you that desire. Listen to me. The devil, if money, and I, you've heard me say this, it's carny. If money was bad, Satan would be in the parking lot passing it out before you came to church. Now, let me hit one more part of this, and I've got to move quick. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So when we read that, we automatically think about the joy that God gives us. But flip that over. Instead of reading it just the joy that God gives us, how about the joy we give God? The joy of the Lord is your strength. What gives God joy? What gives God joy? Think about creation. When God created the world, he said, it's good. It's matter of fact, if you read it in the Hebrew, it doesn't say it's good, it's good, it's good. It says it's very good. So everything God created was very good. Why did God create it? He created it to be a blessing to you. Everything in this world, as we serve God, is created to bless your life. Not to suffer, not to be miserable, not to be unhappy, to bless your life. Every single thing God created. And I know you heard me say this. God created the mountains. God created the sea. God created the rivers. God created this. God created that. But there's only one thing in the Bible that God gives direction to. He didn't say where the mountains were. He didn't say where the rivers were. He didn't say where the cattle were. He didn't say where the birds are. But he said, up the river Pisan is where the silver and the gold is. And ancient Jewish wisdom says that when you're serving God, God will direct. Now think about this. When you're serving God, God will direct your life to where the silver and the gold lies in this world. Now think about that when we're climbing, when we're shouting 
refining our soul and we're climbing up the ladder to the day of Pentecost. What is released on Pentecost? Why are there two loaves on the day of Pentecost? One is supernatural wisdom of the Holy Spirit, but the second loaf is divine prosperity. And if you think about where we are in these last days, God is not only going to outpour out his spirit with signs and wonders and miracles. And guys, we got to get ready for that. We got to start raising up men and women in the church right here, raising up men and women with the gifts of the spirit, with leadership. But every time, every time, say every time, every time God moves spiritually, he also moves financially. And this is right now the greatest time in history to lead us through the Holy Spirit to where the silver and the gold is because the Bible says when the rapture takes place, we're not going out the lender, the borrower, or we're going out the lender, not the borrower. We're going out above, not beneath. We're going out ahead and not the tail. This is the beginning of divine prosperity. And if we've ever needed it, when we have people in Washington that's trying to put a lid on the church and put a lid on Christianity and put a lid on Judaism and shut us down. This is a time for God to say, I will not let anyone shut you down, but I, almighty God, will open the windows of heaven. Somebody shout amen. Amen. What it, if you, if somebody were to come to me and say, you know what, pastor, I can't find joy. Serve God. Money won't make you happy. Houses won't make you happy. Cars won't make you happy. God will do all of that. But where the joy comes in is in serving the living almighty God. I don't care how much. And and I'm going to tell you something. I have seen so many people get blessed financially and stop serving God. And not only do they end up losing their blessing, they end up losing their joy. Remember, making God happy, the joy of God is our our strength and nothing blesses God more than seeing his children come together every Sunday morning, lifting up their hands and singing, what a mighty God we serve. Our God reigns by grace. We are saved, not by works. We serve an amazing God. Now is the time to decide. I need to get on fire for God and let my heart shine before the throne of almighty God. Can I have a great amen this morning? Now, remember in the, in the climbing of the ladder, there are 49 weeks, seven weeks, seven steps. There's no way I can deal with all 49 of those steps. But they're broke down in the seven main components. After we start this journey, and by the way, we are on step 35 today, 36 tonight of counting the Omar. Remember what it is, is I'm climbing. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself and I'm removing the tarnish so that I can, my soul can reflect the love of God. One of the steps, one of the main steps, the first step, and it's broke up and I, and I want to break it up into, into just a few components one of the main steps is called, in, in Hebrew, and you don't need to know this, but in Hebrew it's called chesed. And chesed means kindness. 
It, it simply means kindness. So take one of those weeks, and there are seven different ways that we reflect God in acts of kindness. Chesed means, well, chesed is more than kindness. It's, it's love. You know, I read a, a teaching by these learned people, and they said love, people feeling love, is the number one component in a healthy life. Now you think about that, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So in climbing this ladder, we need to look at I love the way it's, uh, one rabbi put it, what is, look at your life and ask yourself, what is my personal, as I'm climbing this myself, my personal capacity in loving other people? Jesus said, they came to, they came to the Lord and they tried to trick him. And they said, what is the greatest of all the commandments? Now, you understand this is Jew to Jew. And uh, in Judaism, there were 613 commandments, 613. So these corrupt religious guys came to Jesus and they said, of the 613 commandments, what's the greatest? That's a good question. And Jesus responded and he said, love God with all your heart. Put God first. Love God with all your heart. Realize that not only is it in God's hand for us to go to heaven, but it's in God's hand to heal our bodies, to bless our business, to provide for our children, to give us a husband. Love God with all your heart. But then he caught him. And he said, this second one is just like the first. Love your neighbor. If you say you love God, but you don't, and, and can I, 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 only have, I only have about 15 minutes. Can I, can I say it blunt without leading into it? I, I have a way to lead into it so it's not so painful. That's, that's the trick of preaching. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> if you say you love God, but you don't feed the widows and the orphans, it's not true. I love you, Lord, and I live. Pay your tithe. I don't love you that much. (laughs) When we're talking about widows and orphans and taking the gospel, how much capacity do we have? You know, uh, Sam told you, he was here last Sunday from the Israeli government, and we had Sam and Shmulek at our house house for... uh, for uh, dinner on Monday, and uh, he told you about that we're going into this Muslim country and bring these Jewish people back. And, I mean, it's it's a miracle. We're allowed to say it because right now this Muslim government is giving permission for these Jews to leave. And, and, you know, know, he said we need another... Uh, we just sent, we just sent, like, I think this year we've already sent a half a million dollars to Israel. Plus, we got children in Africa, we got children in Cuba, we got children in Haiti. 
And uh, he said, what, what can I expect from new beginnings? Because if you say yes, we'll, we'll move ahead. I said, move ahead. Amen. You know, it's not love to say, oh, God, thank you for healing Tiz. Thank you for healing Lion. Well, we need your, now God says, now I need your help. Oh, I'm too busy. <laughs> See, I only have 12 minutes, so I have to be blunt. And that's what this is about. We got to realize the reason why we're blessed is to be a blessing. It, it's, it's, it's that, amen? So, so I have to say this in 12 minutes. So, so the Bible says that we're, to, they said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God. But he said, this one is equal to loving God. Love, me loving God is equal to, to me loving, Don, well, not Don, but Derek. <laughs> me loving God is equal, is equal to Bill Trujillo walking up to me, or Bill loving God is equal to Bill Trujillo walking up to me with hair down the here, earrings in, needle marks, smoking a dope, and walking up to me and saying, you know, I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. See, how many love God? Do you know that you're going to run into people today, tomorrow, at work, at school, that are going to need to know about God? They, they, and, and, and they can't believe unless they have a preacher. All right, so I got I to move on. So, so loving God and loving your fellow man, Jesus said, and listen to this, all the commandments rest on these two. All 613 commandments are built on loving God and loving people. That, 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 that's, that's the truth. All 613, why do we tithe? Because we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why do our partners give the television? Because we're changing the world. We're winning the world. We're feeding the hungry. We're feeding the poor. No, Not one of you here got saved, gave your life to the Lord because Jesus visited you personally. I mean, you may tell me he did, but somebody told you. Somebody bought that seat you're sitting in. Somebody bought those television cameras. Somebody shared the love of God. Amen? So we understand that. Jesus said, loving God and loving people. So in the climbing the ladder, in the, 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 the week of love, there are several checkpoints. And I've got to say this in the next, I've got to say this in the next five minutes. There are several checkpoints. One of those, one of the main ones is called in Hebrew, Leshon Hara. Leshon Hara is the evil speech. That's what Leshon Hara means, the evil speech. You know, the Bible says when it comes to inheriting the blessings of God or the kingdom of heaven, it says no adulterer. Oh, adulterers. No fornicators. Oh, those scum of the no thief, all the, the judge them. Then it says no gossip, no backbiter. Isn't it amazing that God puts gossiping and backbiting and slandering in the same same categories as fornication and adultery? 
Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. In Judaism, it says gossiping or slandering another person is worse than adultery or idolatry. Now, let me, let, me, let me share this real quick. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of your tongue. Now, that is one of the main things, and, I, and I'm looking at this, I'm going, how am I going to get all this in? That's one of the main things in receiving a blessing, that you speak. We're made in the image of God. When we speak, we create. And that's what one of the, put a guard on your mouth. In, in Larry 101, it says, shut up. <laughs> I listen to people say things I want to go, excuse me. There is life and death in the words that you say, right? Now, we know that in receiving miracles in Ukraine, but let me go back to Leshon Hara. Let me, go, let me go back to the teachings of the evil tongue. There was a man, and I've, I, I've probably told you this story before, but it's a true story. There's a man that came to a rabbi, and he said, Rabbi, he said, I, 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 I need to confess. He said, my business is falling apart, my family's falling apart, and I know I'm cursed because I've been saying bad things about you. And he said, how do I break this curse? He said, I repent. He said, here's how you break the curse. He said, I want you to go and get your biggest feather pillow, go up on the hill on top of the city, and cut the feather pillow open on the windiest day and shake all those feathers out of that pillow and then come and tell me. And he goes, oh, thank you, Rabbi. So he went and he shook all the pillow and they blew ever. He goes, Rabbi, I did it. Is the curse broken? He goes, almost. Now go gather all those feathers. Because that's what words do. The reason why we gossip about somebody is to curse them. Nobody gossips about somebody to bless them. We curse people with our words. And that's why the Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Let me read this real quick. First Peter 3.10 says, For whoever would love life and see good see good days must keep their tongue from evil and lips from deceitful speech whoever wants to see good days in in and i and it, this isn't taught much in christianity i remember you, you've heard me talk many times about rabbi schneerson one of the greatest scholars ever and it lived in brooklyn but they build an identical his house identically in israel and i went there one time and they've turned it into this great study place and a library full of his teachings and his books and other and and i went there with a friend and i was blown away shelf after shelf after shelf after shelf books about the tongue the power of the tongue and I realized, and I bought bunches of them. And in studying it, I realized that so many of the blessings that God has tried to put into my life or your life has been blocked because of words that I have said or you have said 
against other people. Makes you nervous, doesn't it? That's why we're shining the soul. We're, we're, we're going we're to we're get rid of this. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous weighs its answer, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The Bible says that you and I are not to be tail peddlers. That's what it literally says. I'm trying to read it from Hebrew to English. We're not to be tail. You know, when I was a kid uh, growing up in inner city, South St. Louis, there's a guy that came through, Harson Wagon. That goes to show you how long it was. And he'd go through and he had a bell. King, gang, gang, strawberries, strawberries. And he'd yell, and people would, in the house, strawberries, strawberries. And he'd had a wagon full of strawberries and apples and everything. But see, some people are, gossip, slender, gossip. <laughs> gossip, slender, gossip for sale. And we're, we're selling. But you know what the amazing thing is? Ancient Jewish wisdom says the one who buys the gossip is more sinful than the one who sells. How many were ever dope dealers? No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. You can't be a dope dealer unless somebody's buying. I felt it right over in here somewhere. <laughs> My illustrations are different than any other pastor, aren't they? I'm, I'm, I'm from another world. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says we're not, you know, and you know why we gossip? Because it makes us feel good. To put somebody else down. But you know, here's the amazing thing, and I'm trying to give you this all, and I got two minutes. It's trying to, it's, here's an amazing thing is there's gossip, there's slander, there's, there's rumors, and some of them are we're making something up. We're, we're lying, we're telling something we heard, we don't. But the worst is telling something that is true. In other words, this person really did this. But God says, you're not to spread that because you're not the judge of this. I am. Amen. Amen. It's such an amazing thing. Listen to what Jesus said. What goes into someone's mouth is not what defiles them. But what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. David said, those who guard their mouth and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Remember, what you say about someone, what goes around, you got to understand this is true. So every time we think about gossiping about somebody, realize those words are seeds and they're going to grow and multiply back in my own life. You okay? So what we need to do is not just say we love God, but we need to love one another. The person, I, I only have two minutes. Let me close. You're not even allowed to slander someone with your body language. Say, what do you mean, pastor? Hey, what do you, what do you think about Donnie?
I didn't say anything. Yes, you did. Can I throw two things in real quick? I should be done on my time's up, 15 after. Can I throw two things in real quick? There are times that you are to speak out. The Bible says, by the words of their mouth, they saw their boldness. We are to speak out about some things. Some of these bills and laws that they're trying to pass in our nation, you need, you need, you need to speak out. These bills about letting someone... If someone, listen, listen, I'm not against anybody. I walked into church, a drug addict, drug dealer, and I am saved by grace. But my Bible also says, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing comes upon you. When they're trying to pass a bill that says, if you're born a man, but you feel like a woman, you can go into your daughter or my daughter or granddaughter's locker room. No, you can't. And you better speak up. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm already offended. I'm already offended. But let me, let me close with this, the power of the tongue. And, and, and forgive me, I'm a few minutes over. I'm, I'm really wanting to get done at 1115. But let me close this on the power of the tongue. Last Thursday was, in Hebrew, on the counting of the Omer, Lag Ba'omer. Like Baal is always the 33rd day of counting the Omer. Remember, we're climbing the ladder. During the, the counting of the Omer, preparing ourselves the journey for God's great blessing, which is about two and a half weeks, the window of heaven's going to open up. During that time, it's a time of reflection, shining my soul. You know, I, I convicted myself about my tongue. The good thing about being a preacher is you get to repent and pretend you're holy before you get up. Oh, come on, come on. But on the 33rd day, so during the, during the 50 days, the 49 days, there's no celebration, there's no parties, there's no, a lot of the, the Orthodox don't cut their hair. It's a time of reflection. I'm not worried about this world, I'm worried about me, my soul. I'm shining my soul. But on the 33rd day, it's a big celebration. It's one of the holiest times in Israel. It's called Lake Ba'omer. And where that came from very quickly is about 100 years after the time of Jesus, there was a great, great rabbi in Israel called Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva's disciples were known as holy and pious and on fire for God and loving God and everything. But a plague broke out and only hit Rabbi Akiva's disciples. And 24,000 died. And it was confusing because these guys are holy and righteous and follow the letter of the law and everything. But God revealed to Rabbi Akiva the reason the plague hit them is because they were speaking evil against each other. So Rabbi Akiva got everybody together and said, we need to repent. They repented for speaking Lashon Hara, the evil tongue. See, it doesn't matter if I don't eat pork or I don't drink wine or I've been baptized or do this. If I say I love God, but I don't love you, then the, I really don't love God. Because when I see you, I see God. 
And that's what I hate about this division they're trying to bring. Listen, whether you're white or black or brown or Asian or male or female or young or old, we are family of God jointly fit together. We are family of God. And don't let them, don't let them do that to us. We've been working too long. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. T.D. Jake said, you need to show your congregation. There's more different races in your... In Australia, we have 48 languages spoken in our congregation. 48 different languages. So this curse, this plague... Gosh, what a time to think about this. This plague hit, and Rabbi Akiva said it's because of our tongue. And they repented, and on the 33rd of Omer, Lagbarmer, the plague broke. This last Thursday, and so there's a big celebration, and, and usually tens of thousands of Jews end up at this one site and celebrate the blessing and the goodness of God. This last Thursday, it was the first time the Jews had been able to gather and after, since the COVID, and so there was multiplied more than normal. There's usually tens of thousands in multiple. They're all walking down these steps. Somebody slipped, and it caused an avalanche of bodies. And 40, so far, 44, 45 young men have died. And so I've been getting texts from Israel, members of the government, please have new beginnings praying for us. We're devastated because these young men were such holy men. And one rabbi there taught a scripture in the Torah about Nadav Nadav and Avahu, who are Aaron's sons. Navada and Avahu were young men that were righteous. The, 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 The teaching says they were handsome, they were kind, they were loved by everybody, and for seven days leading into the dedication of the Mishkan, the, the, the portable uh, 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 house of God. They were fasting and praying and dedicated. And on the eighth day, the house of God opened, and in walked Navada and Avahu, and they were struck down and died. The Bible then says, Vayadim Aaron, and Aaron was silent. And, and when I heard this, I got, a, I got a, a, a call from Sam, and he said, please pray. He said, we're devastated. We, nobody can understand why this could happen to these young men. They're there worshiping God, celebrating God. And he said, one rabbi just said, Vayadim Aaron, and Aaron was silent. Because there's nothing to say. And I was finished working on this message, and here I'm working on the tongue. And Aaron was silent. And so I began to study, and I saw something. The Bible says that on the eighth day, these two righteous young men who had been dedicated their lives with their father. Aaron was uh, uh, the high priest. They walk in, and, the, and the, in English it says they walk in before the Lord with foreign fire and died. And so I read all these commentators, 
And they said, four and five, they had hidden sin. They brought something before God that they weren't commanded to. And you know what I found in ancient Jewish wisdom? It says these, the, the foreign fire was not a sin. God didn't take them home because of sin. God took them home because they walked in and their foreign fire was a passion for God that was so great. It was foreign to the world, but not to God. And their passion for God was so great that their bodies could no longer hold their souls. And so when Sam texts me and he said, another text, he said, please pray for my son. You know, Sam and these guys are Orthodox Jews, but his son is very, very deeply involved and has been studying for years at the yeshiva. And he said he's very confused because why would God allow this to happen? And so I found this, and I really felt like God wanted me to share this, so I texted him back, and I said, here are, these, here are these thousands and thousands of young men. They're there to celebrate what a mighty God we serve. Could it be their passion for God was so great that their bodies could, never, could no longer hold their souls? And so, Vadim Aaron. Sometimes when things happen in the world, sometimes when we lose somebody that makes absolutely no sense, could it be we just need to be quiet because their passion for God was so great this world couldn't hold them. You know, I shared this with Tiz. Tiz is up right now. Tiz and Anna are up right now. They'll be back tonight for a funeral for one of our relatives. And... We need to put a guard on our mouths. There's life and death in the power of our tongue. Let your words be never destructive about someone. Let them be creative. Let them be joyous. Let them be encouraging. But there's also times that maybe you're going through something and there's no answer. I shared this with Tiz and Aaron was silent and Tiz started crying. They were building the Mishkan, the house of God. Well, we don't have a Mishkan now. We don't have a temple. We will soon. But our temple is now the Talit. And Tis started tearing up and she said, you know, when I was going through what I was going through, and she said, I just couldn't pray. I didn't know what to pray. She said, I would go under my Talit and I would shut the door. And God said, be silent. And know that I am God. Folks, let our words be words like our creator. Words of peace. Words of joy. Words of happiness. Words of creativity. Words of blessing. But if you ever go through something and you go, why? Just be silent. And God will show you. He is still almighty God. Can I have a praise offering before the Lord? I'd like you to stand with me, and I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed. Forgive me. I really am meaning to get out of here totally by 1130, and I'm almost there. But we can't leave before, as we're climbing this ladder, I believe this Pentecost is going to be awesome. Signs and wonders and miracles, end-time transfer of wealth. 
And can I tell you something? No matter who you are in this building or watching somewhere around the world, God wants you to be a part of this end-time blessing. And that starts with knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you allow God to bring you out of Egypt? Would you allow the power of his resurrection to come into your life? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and Christians are praying right now, I wonder how many would hear and say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to come out of Egypt. I want to experience salvation through the power of his resurrection. I want to ask Jesus or rededicate my life. Maybe you've known Jesus, but through the pandemic or through a battle or just through life, you've kind of become lukewarm. Can I tell you, when you're going through the battle, that's not a time to move away from God. That's a time to get closer to God. Sometimes we don't have an answer. But as God spoke to Aaron, be silent. And you'll see that I am Almighty God. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here right now and you say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? And this is including all of you around the world. Would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Lift your hand up all over the building and I'm going to ask you to hold it there the whole time. Just hold it there the whole time. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Just keep it up. That hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. 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 That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. Give these people a great big clap offering. I want to do one more thing before we, before we close. Bow your hearts before the Lord. So many times what God is wanting to do in our lives is blocked, is stopped, because of words that we've said about other people. I, I, want, I want to be a part of this latter rain. It's so, it, 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 look, look at me one second. There is no way I'd ever cheat on my wife. There is no way I'd ever steal from a person I'm doing business with. There's no way I'd ever do it. A good name is more precious than silver and gold. God, I, there's no way I can steal more than God would give me. But it's so easy. There's no way. There's no way. There's nobody going to walk up to me and go, hey, you want to buy some pot? There's no way. I don't care what Colorado says. There's no, there's no way. But how easy it is it to peddle gossip. Let's break that. Let's break every curse. You know, somebody comes up and said, did you hear about so-and-so? I said, no, let's bring them in so you can tell them. Amen. I was going to have everybody, I was, I was thinking about have everybody write down the name that they've said something bad about, but, and then bring it forward on a piece of paper. But I didn't want to see my name written down that many times. <laughs> 
We all do it, right? Let's break that curse. Amen? Let's break that curse. Because listen, listen, there's, there's, there's an end to this thing. And that's why God says, let's polish our souls. Let's polish our souls. Listen, I'm going to take it one step further, and I'm not going to say it politically correct, so forgive me. Quit saying those white people, those black people, those brown people, those Asian people. Quit saying that. Quit saying that. And don't listen to it. Don't listen to it.